When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Also, subscribe, like, please. Appreciate you. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominic Foxworth, what's going on? Chilling, man. Like, everyone keeps talking about how we halfway through the season and, like, I don't know if I feel good about that or I don't because we aren't actually halfway through the season because no matter who wins the Super Bowl, we working all the way through it. And this is easy and exhausting at the same time. Yeah, we're halfway through the regular season, right? Like <laughs> like like these 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 games for funsies like we're we're, yeah. we're we're halfway through that. Although I will say, by the way, we're presented by prize picks. I see your prize picks. I don't uh like you're right we are running through this season it does not feel to me like it's been however many weeks though i admit that's largely because i took three months off from work <laughs> um that that i think has a measure that might make it harder though like i find that you you you're not in not always in, in conditioning like there's a those first couple of weeks is tough for me at least oh no but what it means is them first like six weeks flew they yeah. they, pew, they ran right through. I wasn't really a participant in that. We got a couple good games this week. We got some other just interesting peripheral uh, NFL stories. But I want to start right fast. We got the Jaguars and the 49ers. That's who's playing. Don't you remember when the 49ers were good? Do you remember when people were saying Brock Purdy was Joe Montana? It was this month. Or last month. It was last <laughs> month. It wasn't this month, but it was last month. It was just happening. It was just happening. Is, is, is that but- over now? Yeah, I think that's over now. I mean, it might all come back together when they get everyone healthy again. And I mean, I think it's obvious. We talked about this Purdy thing. The Purdy portion and his success, I think, is very much reliant, like a bunch of young players, quarterbacks specifically, it's relying on the things around him. And the fact that he had high levels of success, I think people wanted to pretend like he was something different than most quarterbacks. And I don't mean this to say like even first round quarterbacks, uh, anyone who's listened to me knows that I believe that they need a lot of help and support. And when they get it, we get excited about them because they have extraordinary talent. The thing about Brock Purdy is the support around him is one thing, but he does not have, at least at first glance, any talent that looks extraordinary. So when the wheels fall off, it gets pretty bad. And when they're down, and that's, I mean, that's the test of all quarterbacks. Like, that's what you want. You want a guy, you're down by two scores. They know you got to throw it and it doesn't matter. You still got a chance. There's only a couple guys in the league like that. And saying that Brock Purdy isn't that is not an insult to Brock Purdy, but he's proven to us that he's not that yet. If he can be, if he's going to be it at some point. Well, the thing is, he does have one extraordinary talent, which is Moxie and. <laughs> Moxie, that that's a sword that's sharp on both sides. Like, like, like that, that, that Moxie sword, man, you got you gotta hand people that by the handle. And you gotta be careful when you got it before you pass it across. Like he's got Moxie, and I give him this, man. He makes NFL throws, which is what you don't typically see from a dude that goes in the seventh round, right? Like you'll see him make them like 20-yard dig throw, like, oh, that's an NFL throw. Way to go. And he got gassed out here. Christian McCaffrey seemed to be weighing down. Like I was checking something, uh, Grant Cohn, who covers the 49ers, was making a whole, he makes a whole bunch of interesting points about the 49ers. One of them being, they got a Steve Wilkes problem, and the problem isn't Steve Wilkes as much as Steve Wilkes is running somebody else's defense, and he was doing it from the booth. Now they got him on the sideline, and Grant's argument is Kyle Shanahan got his nose in that play sheet, so there's like an energy loss when you don't have Salah or D'Amico Ryans down there on the sideline, and Steve Wilkes says he doesn't go on the sideline because he get too excited. 
But I got to be honest, I've never seen Steve Wilkes as the overly excitable type. Have you? No, that doesn't strike me. I mean, maybe that's because he had, well, he was a head coach. So like we should have seen him. He doesn't strike me as overly excited type. Defensive coordinators in general, they do strike me as overly excited types. Those are the ones for many reasons why defensive coordinators don't become head coaches often. One of those reasons is they tend to be the overly excited type, not the type that you want to entrust. I will say this about uh, this popped into my mind when we were talking about their special players. I really appreciate how uniquely Kyle Shanahan schemes around unique talents. That's what makes them special. However, when you got unique talents and you scheme an offense around them, it don't work when they're not there. Yes. It don't work when they're not 100%. So like Christian McCaffrey at a lesser version of himself makes this hard. And there's nobody in the league, Cadero Patterson, there's nobody in the league that's like Debo Samuel. So when he's out, it's hard to replicate the things that you do. So it's again, it's another one of those double-edged sword situations. Is that offense, when everyone is healthy and with it, is unstoppable. That offense ain't never completely healthy except for the first six weeks of every season. And then people start falling off to the side and it's a different, it's a whole different team. I mean, Percy Harvin got to be somewhere, right? Like, you can go find Percy <laughs> Harvin, Rocky Ishmael, yep. Reggie Bush. Like, Reggie Bush is looking at the 49ers Ooh. like, see? See? That's <laughs> that. Like, I remember Reggie Bush came out. I was like, I feel where y'all are coming from, but I've never seen anybody do what you're expecting. Right? Like, like the guy, they, uh, what Reggie Bush was at USC, the NFL version, ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. If Reggie Bush came out now, boy, they'd have figured it out. You don't see Marshall Falk or uh, one of those guys as a precursor to Reggie Bush. And and they were unique, though. So, like, yeah. I'm not saying that because someone I, else should have done it. I thought about Marshall Falk, right? Mm-hmm. But at least for me, my familiarity with Marshall Falk as, like, superstar caliber receiver didn't come till he played for the Rams, yeah. right? Fair. Like, Marshall Falk yeah. at San Diego State was a running back. I know his last year they deployed him out a bit more, but I never thought of Reggie Bush as a running back, the way I thought of Marshall Falk, even Roger Craig as a running back. I thought of Reggie Bush more in the category of Rocket Ismail, where you're going to do a bunch of stuff, right? And the NFL is not really do a bunch of stuff place. At least it wasn't then. You brought him out now. Imagine Kyle Shanahan had 21-year-old Reggie Bush. Oof. <laughs> the highlights would be insane. Bruh. That's a, a, a basketball parallel that we don't often make in like how there's taken some time for the NBA game to – adjust to maybe European positionless. And of course, as seems to be an early theme in this show is a double-edged sword. There's a double-edged sword to that, but there's taken some time for them to be able to understand how to use guys who are versatile. And then you're getting more and more of them in the league. It feels like there's a similar parallel in the NFL where it's taken some time to figure out how to use guys that are versatile. But when you can use those guys, you're going to be good. You're going to yeah. be dangerous. And when you have a bunch of those guys, but you don't know how to use them, you're going to be the Falcons. Yeah, I also think, though, like versatility, the thing about versatile dudes is almost like in, ba- in baseball, the utility player, you only find out somebody's a utility player when they ain't that good at one of them. Therefore, you just plug them in every time you got a hole at the other one. Like you've got yep. to be really good at both of those things to be able to do them in the NFL, right? Like just simply being capable is not going to be enough because we got somebody really good that's over here. I think about that a lot when we talk about Taysom Hill and how we celebrate him because he can do a bunch of things okay. And I guess I need to um, put a little bit more respect on his name because he's done it under a different coach now and he's done it over an extended period of time. But always remind people that the Swiss Army knife is not a compliment. (laughs) <laughs> Don't nobody hand you a Swiss Swiss Army knife when you're in a steakhouse. You know, like a Swiss Army knife is good to have when you don't have the shit that you want. In a pinch. You know? Yeah, it's, that's that's it. That's an in a pinch type of situation. Like, yeah, Taysom Hill is a good quarterback when everybody is hurt and they're expecting you to run. He's a good tight end when people, when you put him in the game, people preparing for something else. So it's to be understood that there's a difference between I don't know the proper word. Versatility versus like actually being great <laughs> at a bunch of different things. There's a very, a very thin line between those things that is very distinct and important because 
I don't know. I, I got a corkscrew. Screw. That's I can exactly. get, actually get a corkscrew. I don't <laughs> need exactly I got I a nail file. It's you know? like, damn. It's like, damn, you ain't got no corkscrew. Somebody go get my keys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I got a nail file if I need to file my nails and clippers. I got scissors that are much better than them little Swiss Army scissors. The point of the matter is everyone thinks that's a compliment. It ain't. By the way, I'm sure someone has brought this up many times in the past. I haven't heard this question asked, but uh, what the Swiss Army do? They McNiles. literally ain't got beef with nobody. <laughs> they just sitting around keeping watch. They security guards. Yeah, I mean, they are keeping watch works. They're good at making watches there, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, though, the Sw- Switzerland is, they, they're the neutralist. They, yeah. they don't really need an army. You know what they, you know what their army is? Bank security. That's what their <laughs> army is. Like, I went to Monaco and they say Monaco, I don't remember. I think they said they don't have an army. You know, it's a city state, right? Like, I think they yeah. said they don't have an army, but they got more police per capita than any place. And I just can't imagine what the Monaco hood looked like. You know what the Monaco hood looked like? The Monaco hood looked like Soho, I'd imagine. The Monaco <laughs> hood looked like whatever the fancy neighborhood where you where you are, they out there stretching and surviving over there in Monaco about that. And I'm like, what you need all them police for? Oh, that's right, because the revolution coming here first. That's what y'all worried about. <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia now looking for Swiss wars. It ain't too many of them. No, they they the neutralist. Yeah, they're they the neutralists. What they getting? In, what 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 is the neutralist country in the world getting in a war for? Ain't been in no real legitimate skirmishes since like the 1400s. Yo, because here the problem, man. If anybody come and try to get into a war with Switzerland, every other country got to come slow it down, man. Because it's too much yeah, money, money over there. It's too much money over there. That's what it always boils down to. Yeah, not even the Russians. The Russians ain't never get no bright idea. Like we go to march into Switzerland, but you're not. Like, you know what Switzerland is? Switzerland at McDonald's in Ferguson. I talked about this all the time when they was doing that Mike Brown marching and everything else. I was like, let me tell you something, man. Whole lot of things might burn down. Whole lot of things might go wrong. I'm telling you right now, ain't shit about to happen to that McDonald's. It ain't about to be no melee at McDonald's. It ain't about to be no McDonald's massacre. It ain't going to be none of that. McDonald's is not allowing itself to become defined by what's going on here. Don't you worry. It's kind of like how Disney got a no-fly zone. Yeah. Is that that's Switzerland. You know how they have the um the like the Big Mac index to like rate uh economic change? Yes. I feel like they also need to have a McDonald's index to rate how hostile stuff is in the neighborhood because if the McDonald's getting wrecked, oh we are in full <laughs> world war mode right now. If they busting up them McGriddles, we got a problem. Yeah, I got news for you. You go in there and bust up that McDonald's right there when you want. See 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 if you make it to the car. See if you get is there. That, See if is you that get true there. Everywhere? No, I feel like the Waffle House down south is. The difference is the Waffle House is maintaining its own level of homeostasis. Like there's external yeah. places that's making sure it don't nothing happen at a McDonald's. The, the, the Waffle House, don't you worry. They doing that from the inside. Like I was talking <laughs> to somebody. Like we talked about on the show earlier this week. Where I was talking about DeMar Hamlin. And the only way where I, I cut the NFL a small measure of slack on the idea they wanted to keep playing that game is that they always keep playing. Like they did, I'm yeah. sure they had no manual for, okay, we have to stop this game. They, they, they played through horrific things before. I don't know why they, why I can understand why they wouldn't think this horrific thing would be the one, um, that they would, that would make them stop. I get it. That's kind of like the Waffle House, man. Somebody busts up in the Waffle House, try to rob it and get shot, take three shots and lay down on the ground. If you think them waffles is going to stop slanging, you crazy. <laughs> That's fair, especially the NFL. When you are close into something, it looks a lot different than when you are far away. I remember we talked that night that the DeMar Hamlin thing happened and we both were like, did he just die on the field? They can't play this game anymore. It was obvious to me at the, immediately and both of us at that moment. But... I can't imagine if I am in there and I have the manual, the protocols for how we handle these situations. I'm pretty sure that there is no like choice to be made or there's no node in the decision tree that's like, eh, we in the game. I imagine that the manual probably, even if I'm sure that they've imagined a scenario where someone dies. And I'm guessing that the manual doesn't say shut anything down. Say get this man off the field and let's keep playing. Look, they looking at that like it's two feet of snow in Chicago. Baby, if we stopped every time it had two feet of snow, we'd never get anything done. It's funny because that reminds me of the Michigan stuff, which I know you want to get to at some point because it's about 
to me that you want to stay within the confines of of a process because it gives you protection unless they're extenuating circumstances. And you never really know how extenuating the circumstances are when you're in them. You don't know it until years later. So while people are off the rush to judgment on this Michigan stuff, like, yeah, okay. The, the risk of doing that is once you set the precedent that you're willing to go outside of protocol, ask Roger Goodell. Yep. Then it becomes your problem every time. And the fact of the matter is, it's like being president of the country. Any decisions that get on your desk, there is no good answer for. Them. All right. I want to put a pin in that because I want to get back to it because I really do. You hit dead all the point I want to get to. But I want to say this thing about the 49ers as we meandered a little bit, right? I got in a little trouble when I wasn't working. It wasn't actually trouble. I just made some people mad who are inclined to get mad, and that is Bay Area sports fans. I would like to note that I find 49ers fans to be far more tolerable than Warriors fans because most of the Warriors fans that I hear from, not all, I'm talking about the ones I hear from on the Internet. Unlike those Warriors fans, 49ers fans have been watching football for more than nine years. All right. Like there's a there's a big difference between those people. Anyway, spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. I said something, and I don't think it was properly interpreted. I acknowledge it was a bit of a hot take, but I think you'll feel me, right? I was like, if somehow the 49ers came out here and missed the playoffs, and they missed the playoffs because they still don't have a quarterback after trading three first-round picks to get one, you entertain firing people, right? Like, if you are in charge of this operation and we did all this to get a quarterback and we still a quarterback away, because that's where they were last year, a quarterback away. That's where they were in 2019, a quarterback away. They got to the Super Bowl, but the issue was they were a quarterback away. And last year, you could make the argument where Purdy got hurt. Yeah, 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 they were a quarterback away, okay? If they still a quarterback away, you look at the people in charge and say, all right, fellas, so what exactly is it that you're doing? Because they're not in a position to get a quarterback. They don't have picks to go trade and figure out how to get one. Maybe you hope that Kirk Cousins becomes available in free agency, but I don't think that's the solution. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think every team Kirk Cousins has been on has damn near been a quarterback away. Like, I don't like if this Purdy thing doesn't work out and people went into the season so sure that it was the thing. And I was like, I don't know why you're feeling so confident. If you're not sure that Purdy is the thing, then legitimately, what in the world are they going to do? It's a short meeting now, because I think you're right. The results would suggest, and this is a, a similar thing with the Bill Belichick thing, is like no one who has had the run that Bill Belichick has had the last five years is going gonna, is gonna to survive that. Right? Given that they don't have much to show for, we were looking at their pro bowlers. They don't got none. They don't be drafting good. They don't be succeeding on the field. However, it's Bill Belichick. And I know that Kyle Shanahan does not deserve the same level of grace that Bill Belichick's six Super Bowls has earned him. However, he's still a really good coach. Yes. And, and so like I get the premise of this is a result oriented business, but it reminds me of when you have a, a draft pick at the top of the draft. Do you use it on a quarterback or not? It damn your analysis. And that's the thing that people don't think about often. Your analysis of that quarterback does not matter. Everyone else's does. 
Because if everyone else is saying this the dude and 49ers fans should understand this also, because y'all remember when uh, we thought they was going to draft Mac Jones and then everyone else said, no, y'all not. No, y'all not. Hall of Famer John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, best young mind in football. I guess he's not young anymore. Best offensive mind in football. Whether they felt that um, Trey Lance was the right guy at the beginning or not, eventually they came around to the wisdom of the crowd, which was obviously wrong for their situation. So I say all that to say in this situation, Kyle Shanahan is that quarterback that the rest of the league loves. Go ahead and fire him if you want to. Let him go win three Super Bowls elsewhere. Yeah, I get you. But this is my question. Is he winning a Super Bowl anywhere? Yeah, I get you. I understand the question. So, and by yeah. the way, I want to be clear. I'm not You're saying not. fire Kyle Shanahan because they missed the playoffs per se. Right. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, first of all, if this guy only knows how to coach meagerly talented quarterbacks, you got a problem, right? Can you win a Super Bowl with a guy that can only coach meagerly talented quarterbacks? Number two, and I guess the issue they'd wind up in is that no matter who you brought in, they don't have the solution to the quarterback problem because that problem is intractable, but you're right. Normally there are consequences for this sort of thing. And look, as of this moment where we stand, them making the playoffs, even in that mediocre conference, not a given. I think so. If you have this one really good skill, you are really hard to break up with. I feel like that's where Kyle Shanahan is. <laughs> Maybe he ain't going to give you the ring, but that boy talented and they, they just can't leave. They just can't leave. And it's also like to stay on the quarterback analogy. It's also like when everyone is looking around at their or looking at their quarterback and saying, he can't get us off the over the hump. We need to get rid of him. Who you going to get? That's yeah. the Kyle Shedhead question, too. Like, I'm with you. There should be consequences for him not having the success that we think that they should have out there. But who you know that's going to that no, get that success? That's fair. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think this is less about, like, I can't leave because they got this skill, right? Uh-huh. This is more like, damn, it, it just looks so good, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, but it'd exactly. be getting on my nerves. Like, it'd be these things, but... <laughs> Just look at him. Like, that's the thing with Kyle. You be watching the games, you be like, man, just look at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to think of who the example is where you come around with him and then people leave and you be like, bruh, I know, I know but I'm telling you. Kyle, Kyle be trotting them BBLs out there, play action BBLs on these people. They just can't walk, just can't walk away. No, nah, they're like, there's just, they are fascinating to me because I just think that people go so hard on the, like, we don't make interesting coaches anymore, right? Like there was a time, yeah. this is a top to bottom in sports. We just don't make interesting coaches anymore. And Kyle is up there as far as the interesting coaches go. Mike McDaniel seems to be more interesting, but he doesn't, he don't even seem like a coach. It's just kind of confusing. I enjoy him, but it seems to be confusing. But I just, I really want to see how this goes because also as loaded as that team is and they make these big moves to make sure, you know, short term, make it happen, make the trade to get Chase Young, the bill come due. And they're going to have a real draft capital problem. I'm not sure I would have been, and I know they have pass rush issues, but I'm not sure I would have been willing to give up a second round pick, given that, if I'm not mistaken, they still don't have a first round pick this year, do they? Nope. I absolutely would not have given that up. Um, However, if he get a sack to get them to the Super Bowl or win that championship game, it's the Von Miller situation. Like If he get that pivotal play at that time, it's going to make it look like it makes sense. But you could also look at it like, I, I guess this is the sunk cause fallacy situation. They already all in, man. So yeah. what you gonna hold? What you gonna hold on to these nickels for? Go ahead and slide <laughs> that to the middle of the table too. Trying to hold on to that one little green chip. Well, put that shit out there with the rest of your chips. Also, if we don't win the Super Bowl, we gonna get fired anyway, and it's gonna be somebody else's <laughs> job to come in here and fix and correct. Yeah, the. uh what they call it? The public choice of this is very, very interesting. Like, yeah, I'm doing this for y'all, but I got babies to feed, dog. <laughs> like, I got to, I got to make this work. But now they gonna play those Jaguars, and if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I gotta make sure y'all don't think I'm no Brock Purdy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the way that people were talking about Brock Purdy earlier this year, saying he might be Joe Montana, dog. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, if I'm or I'm somebody on that team, I'm just in Trevor Lawrence here the whole time. You ready to play against Joe Montana? 
You ready? Trevor Lawrence is nowhere near. See, we talked about the physical traits that will land you in the seventh round. Trevor Lawrence, he don't got that issue, man. Doc, Trevor Lawrence could have been legally blind and somebody would have taken him in the third round. Like just walking in. He'd be like, I ain't th- nobody knew anything about him. He just walks in the door. I ain't throwing. I ain't running. And I ain't taking off these shades. Third if, round. If he was, he would go in the third round because while he may have been legally blind, the rest of us are not. Yes. You can't be six, five, muscled, fast, white man with a cannon shoulder and long hair and, and somebody look at you and not say, Ooh, I want to follow that guy. Nah. There are lots of people that want to follow that guy. I know they would have taken him in the third round without throwing because somebody took Tom Savage in the fourth round and they'd seen him. <laughs> I'm going to throw this last thing out here about the 49ers uh, before we go get this money. I got a nickname for Steve Wilkes. Uh-oh. Clarence Williams the fourth. When's the last time you looked at Clarence Williams the third? Rest in peace. I hate that Clarence Williams the third has left us and Steve Wilkes, who's on the Brian Flores lawsuit, hadn't gotten far enough for them to make a movie about this case because this man is Clarence Williams the fourth. <laughs> They're going to put this on the screen for the YouTube audience and for you people podcasting. If you don't know who Clarence Williams III is, quite honestly, I'm surprised you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh, who does not look like Clarence Williams III. Prize Picks is the most fun you have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season, and now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? For me, there's nights where I need to prioritize my sleep, but I just can't seem to do it. Whether it's a late night NBA game keeping me up or some chaotic Pac-12 after dark matchup that'll have me up till 2 a.m. You know you shouldn't be watching because it's not good for you, but you just can't do it. One helpful solution can be therapy, which helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries within your life. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for people who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. All right, Dominique, this Jim Harbaugh thing, right? It reminds me of the old saying, just because you paranoid don't mean they ain't out to get you. Like, I am not at this very moment, make an argument about whether or not they should punish Jim Harbaugh, what they should do, da-da-da. However, it is absolutely some people out to get him. There is no question about that. All those people who don't like Jim Harbaugh, which is just about everybody, all those people that don't like him, they seem to all be getting together. When when they said that Rutgers and Ohio State were feeding signs to Purdue in the conference championship game last year, I was like, damn, dog, they coming to take you out. They don't like him, and that's what comes with the way that he behaves. And maybe it seems like some of the stuff that he's being accused of is stuff that is normal amongst football teams. And a lot of these 
uh, teams are aware of it. We still got that music. Can we still play that music? Because there are some things that are not normal amongst this that I've heard that have yet to be verified. Now that I think about this, given that this one isn't live, our production people should be able to come up with a way to make sure that this happens. We will put something on the screen that will indicate to people that we talk about something else that they can't hear. Go for it. (laughs) All right. And three, two, one. Yes, Dominique, that is, in fact, Nana's. That is, that is, that is quite that. Is see, this is why I think Michigan, like the space they've gotten into on this, right? And I want to be care- clear. I'm not making a comparison between the acts. I'm trying to establish the scale, right? So something about life and like crime stuff for me that I think people get too caught up in is the brutality of an act, right? You kill somebody because you slipped them some poison. Or you kill somebody because you shot him and then hacked him up. As the dead person, I don't know how much the differences are really going to make in the end, right? But we take it right. to another step on the brutality of the action. What people seem to have the problem with with Harbaugh is not simply the idea that they was cheating. is that they seem to be going the extra light year, let alone mile. Yeah. Like they, they, they were going to places and levels, that people are like, damn, I ain't even think about that. Like that time Lane Kiffin had his holder out there wearing the wrong number to try to fool people and make the th- make them think that the holder on extra points was a quarterback. Cause so there might be a fake or something like that. And people are just like, dog, who does this? Right. Like it's it's it it's it, what he's done is uncouth. People find it to be in poor taste. And now they come in to get him. But what there are two levels that I love about this that are just decidedly college football, right? Number one, the outright pettiness of the whole world ganging up on Michigan in this way, which may blow up in all their faces because who knows what else everybody else is out here doing. Like we like, damn, Harbaugh, the only one who thought of this when you ever been the only person that thought about something. If Harbaugh thought of it, because I don't know who's doing what. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Harbaugh didn't know they was doing it because don't nobody want to talk to him. I can see all those things (laughs) being the case. Right. But number two, and this is what is always fun to me, when one of them hoity-toity nose in the air schools get caught cheating, everything feels different. Because, look, you and I talked about this at dinner the other night. The NCAA right now is like a small-town police department. They got all these guns. They got all this power. They got all this authority. But there ain't no crime in these streets no more. The money thing, it's over, right? There's no crime in these streets. This isn't, I know this is the Big Ten, not the NCAA, but still all these institutions have to justify their existence. And this is a great way for them to justify their existence. But I remember when North Carolina got caught with them boys and everything that happened with that money in 2010, 2011, where, you know, around then. And all these people that had been high horsing on the side of the NCAA when NC State got in trouble and everything, all of a sudden, dumb fell off their ass on the way to Damascus. The light has been seen. They all get it. And Michigan's in that place. Y'all had your nose in the air. Ohio State, which is a shrug their shoulder sort of renegade program, right? We know mm-hmm. what time it is. They don't really try to act like they better. They just try to beat the case. Now Michigan is there. Having Michigan there is part of which, what makes this hilarious. The tough thing for anybody who uh, is a Michigan supporter and trying to defend them is the circumstantial evidence that is their record changing. Yes. Their success changing all connected to the timing of this Connor Stallions fella showing the hell up. That is really hard to push back on. And I agree. I've been around football. I've seen some cheaty cheat type stuff before. And some of this stuff does not make me uncomfortable, but I don't know since this, we're in the early stages of this investigation. I don't know exactly what's happening. But I know whatever it was, it was impactful based on those numbers. And there are some things that you can't write rules for everything. You and I have talked about this before. There is a need for unwritten rules. If I got to write a rule for every way that you guys could possibly break the law, like, well, it's impossible to, to keep up with it. So there are some unwritten rules. While it does not say you can't do exactly what they're doing, clearly somebody is, <laughs> with some good sense is going to be like, yeah, I'm super competitive, but not this far, but not in Michigan, I guess, or I shouldn't put on Michigan, not in a Jim Harbaugh run organization. When I look at him and I I think about him, I do not see someone who is reasonable. 
<laughs> he does not strike me as someone who is going to be the one to pull the reins back and be like, hey, maybe not that far, guys. And man, they got a particular strain of arrogance up there. Like, you ever been to a game at the yeah. big house? Nah. I oh, went, actually, yeah, I did. I was there, I went there on a recruiting visit a long time ago. All right. So I went there last year. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their pregame videos they play or whatever. And, you know, they one thing Michigan got for got for you is a hell of an alumni list. Yeah. And so they got James Earl Jones doing the voice for it. And I don't even want to try to do a James Earl Jones voice. But the line I remember, we are the greatest university in the world. That may not be verbatim, but it's very similar. And I'm looking around this crowd like, I mean, I understand that some of these people went to college, but like, <laughs> like that's not even, but that's who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like the, they buy into the belief of themselves in a much different way. And now they're going to have to ride this thing all the way out. But I did see a thing, um, Pat Forty and Dan Wetzel got their podcast and Forty went on and said he talked to somebody of some repute or power who said that they felt like in the history of the Big Ten, this is the biggest scandal there's ever been that did not involve uh, match fixing. And I'm guessing they're talking about strictly on the field scandals because, I mean, Penn State is in the Big Ten, guys. And yeah. and yeah. it was just earlier this year that we found out at Northwestern, they out here slapping the freshmen with their dicks. Remember that? <laughs> like, we, we had people getting slapped man. with dicks to get on a team. <laughs> And we out here over some sign stealing. Like, we got wall-to-wall coverage over the sign stealing. That coach got fired because they was out here slapping people with dicks in the, middle of the, in the middle of the woods. And we barely had any time for that. And I'm confused because oh, on one level, I'm like, wow, our society is just caught up in the things that don't really matter. I'm not trying to pretend like this dick slapping is the most consequential thing that's ever happened. I'm just telling you, every time I say dick slapping, your ears perk up. Like, you going to tell me that wouldn't have got some hits? You going to tell me that dick slapping wouldn't have got no traffic? And I don't care if it was on the field, off the field, whatever it is. You're just not going to tell me that stealing sides is a bigger scandal than dick slapping. Now. If somebody named Connor Stallions was flying on the sidelines of other games to dick slap people, then yeah, I can understand maybe people would think, oh, this goes a little bit farther. You know what I'm saying? But the hoity-toity academic school had dick slapping in the forest. That's a bigger scandal than this. I still work for Disney Corporation, so I appreciate you handling that whole segment without me. But I do agree that the the issues that are taking place for Penn State, it matters matters, or that are taking place for Michigan matters because we care about the games. That's why, I mean, we can't pretend like it does. It matters more because of that and because of the school and the team. Don't nobody care about Northwestern except for the people who went to Northwestern and it's not impacting the field. Like this is impacting. I'm not saying it's right. or I'm definitely not saying it's right, but that's the reason why this is impacting this year's national championship race. It is, has immediate impact. And the idea that they should not, I know Stephen A and a couple other people said that they should be um, not allowed into the playoffs, which I think is a that's bit crazy. absurd. I think what I, the, the middle ground that I don't think is absurd is you can uh, sideline Harbaugh yeah. and not impact the team. Like given right now the evidence enough that they have and the rules generally stand that you are responsible to everything that happens within your organization. I think it's fine if they put Harbaugh on the sideline, but I think they need to be careful because the big 10 and the NCAA may weigh in at some point, but the big 10 is made up of members of the big 10. So, it is not an unbiased group. It's not a third party making these decisions. This is something that I, that I'm familiar with because the NFL is also the decisions that are made are made to appease, satisfy, pay favors to different owners on different teams. This becomes a problem when you start doing it right here because again, you don't know what the next issue issue is going to be, and you don't know what constituency is going to to build up and who they're going to come for, and also how it's going to affect you. That's the other overarching thing: is this ain't good for nobody in the Big Ten. As much as they hate Michigan, you know what's good for the Big Ten? Them getting to Dog. the playoffs and getting that money. That's what I was just about to say. Let me explain something to you right fast. There's a lot of petty beef that's going on here. A lot of back and forth with the schools, all of this stuff. I feel very confident saying in the SEC, 
they'd uh, they'd have bunkered down and been like, look, this is the best play for this conference. And we're going to make this happen. Go look at what happened with the Cam Newton situation. You think most of the conference didn't have beef with that? You don't think that they were salty about that one? Nope. But we all going to get together. You know, there's a couple people in a couple places that was in the background, you know, trying to undercut the game. But in the end, everybody was doing what was best for the operation. The Big Ten tried to act like it's a little bit, you know, they the, the SEC is done pretending. Right. Yep. The Big That's Ten. It. The Big Ten is selling a brand that has a morality that the SEC has simply given up on. So it's going to get weird. I think they're probably going to bench Harbaugh, but I agree. Out of line with protocol, you can't really do that, man. Like you're, especially given that people do so much cheating in this game, you're setting yourself up for a standard that you just quite honestly uh, can never live up to. I want to throw this out here right fast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I've seen the things come up more and more about this. And I find this very interesting, which is they saying that if Bill Belichick loses to the Colts, he might get fired. You've been seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, to me, that feels like nonsense, but I have been seeing it. Uh, I mentioned earlier, given his recent track record, any other coach with that run without his resume does get fired. But what they're not going to do is fire Bill Bel- Bill Belichick midseason. No, like, that's just not going to happen. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They're not. Well, especially since they ain't got nothing to play for. Right. Like there's no we're, we're going to turn this around and make the playoffs or we should be in the Super Bowl this year. It's not that level. They're not going to do that. They're in that similar place where they made the wrong pick on the quarterback. Now, this is where I would cut Kyle Shanahan slack on the Trey Lance thing, though. I contend Trey Lance looks worse or looked worse at the end than when he got him. And that's the second time I've seen that happen with him and a quarterback. And at some point you got to answer for it. Right. Other than Trevor Lawrence, all the 2021 quarterbacks are bad. Like that is the year off of that was the COVID season was 2020. Hmm. All the guys came, that came in in 2021, all bad. If you want to throw Jordan love in there from the 2020 draft, cause he looking, he looking pretty stinky too. All bad, right? Like, it wasn't that long ago we thought everybody in the league had their quarterback situation straight. Now half the league ain't got no quarterbacks. Yeah, that happened fast, man. That happened fast. I remember thinking, like, we're in the golden age. So many teams are competitive. They got their quarterbacks all over the place. Nope. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when I thought Jordan Love was going to be good this year. Yep. Nope. Yep. And by the way, even guys that, like, we think are good, but just how good to a Justin Herbert, right? Like, just how yeah. good are we really talking here? But the Patriots got Mac Jones and they got him because they needed a quarterback and he was the quarterback that was there. I feel the same way about Kenny Pickett, right? Like, okay, you guys need a quarterback. It's a quarterback right there. I guess we might as well pick up this quarterback. I generally recommend waiting to the second round if that's going to be your play because then you can go back to the first round next year and nobody really trips on you, right? Like, that's the way you play it. But if Belichick were to get fired unceremoniously, Oh, well, this the game you play, big homie, right? Like Bill Belichick would fire Bill Belichick unceremoniously. Bill Belichick would not give a damn about what had happened the 20 years previous, seven Super Bowls or any of that stuff. This is the game. Bill Belichick would have gone out there and got somebody else. Like that's that's it. Like, I don't think they'll fire him in the middle of the year because that's just unceremonious. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I do think he's oh, earned I mean, more respect than that. That was that was kind of mean what you did there because only Tom Brady got seven Super Bowls. The Patriots only got six. That's right. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem is that Tom went down there and did something else. And I think the point I've been making about Bill is it feels like everything that he has done up until this point, all the things that we revere him for came from a place of humility. It was like, I am not going to like out coach everyone out here. So I will find ways to get edges. And I'll change defenses. I'll I'll try the two tight end offense. I'll try anything to get an edge. But recently, the decisions have seemed arrogant. It's like no one thinks this person is a first rounder. I'll get him. I'll make him a first rounder. No one's ever entered a season without an offensive coordinator. That's all right. Because they, they ain't me. Watch me do my thing. And 
we're going to move on from or we're going to fill up our roster with all these okay skill players, but no great ones. We don't need no difference maker right there because I'm me. I'll fill up this whole defense with cornerbacks and that's what we're going to do. We're going to cover the shit out of everybody because that's what Bill Belichick does. And it hasn't been working. So at some point, I certainly wouldn't argue that the game is passing by, but it does feel like his idea of of marketing efficiencies has been wrong recently. Somebody got to step in there. And it's, I think this is a, a thing that happens a lot of times with a team or a company or organization that has a lot of success under one person is it's inevitable that everyone's going to start to look at that person and be scared to have competing ideas, be scared to tell them that his shits think, and that could lead to group think, which I do think is part of the problem here. And as a coach, you got two choices. Even if you stay a long time, you got two choices. Get out early or get run out. Every single coach has either gotten out early or gotten run out. Don Shula got run out. Tom Landry got run out. It took him a while. Chuck Noll got run out. Bill Walsh got out early. They'd have ran his ass out. And I know that because they ran George Seifert out coming off of like a 14 and 2 and 12 and 4 or something like that. Run them out. Every single great coach you could think of either got out early or got run out. I, I mean, as I recall, didn't Vince Lombardi? I don't think he left yeah, the Packers he, he finished, on his terms. He finished in Washington. Yeah. He didn't finish in Green Bay. They all get run out. Go to college. Bobby Bowden, they ran his old ass out of there. <laughs> Bear Bryant got out before they could run him out. Now, granted, he died, but trust me, yeah. one more of them, one more of them Liberty Bowls. And they was going to get him up out the paint. You get out or you get fired. That's it. And as much as we talk about the cold-heartedness and the ways that people deal with players, do they deal with everybody else the same way? I mean, it's, it's a, the incentives are obviously there. They, and when it's such a public place, too, it's hard to whatever. It's so, it's so public and the results are so binary. I think in other places you can find something else to hang your hat on or only so many people actually looking and checking. You can sell uh, some other dream like, no, don't worry about it. We're doing this so we can do that. That's all right. You just don't understand. No, we all understand what this job is. Did you win or did you lose? You're right. a loser. And you be a loser too many times. You're an unemployed loser trying to convince somebody else of your story. So that's one of the harsh realities of sports that make it so great and make it so difficult because there is so many um, variables and context that go into the results, but it don't matter. The results are the results, which is why football and sports in general are so great when you are trying to have analogies to talk about other things because it's so clear. It's black and white. You're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> You're just losing too much. You got to go. And on top of that, I had a guy who played for the Patriots who had been around the league, right? Had seen some success. And I would ask him about playing for the Patriots. And his response was, well, it's not the most fun place to play, but you have a chance to win every Sunday. When you take away that last part, it's over. Like, like, like cats can't keep buying into this idea once you take away um, that last part. Now, I want to hit one last thing before we get out of here. It may be hard to keep this quick, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to ask you a question. Did Bryce Young mess it up for the rest of them? And you know who the rest of them are, right? Yeah, I do. Rest Small of them quarterbacks. quarterbacks that ain't very big. And I say, and here's why I say that. I want to put this out here first. Ten years ago, there's no way anybody takes Bryce Young before they take C.J. Stroud. I don't know what the case was to really make people think that like the size and stuff didn't matter anymore because there has not been a great example of the little quarterback coming out here and making it happen. They just did it a couple times. Did it with Baker Mayfield. Did it with Kyler Murray. But I saw enough of C.J. Stroud to know that that dude was good, right? And I saw everything yeah. positive people saw about Bryce Young, but there's no way in the world 10 years ago somebody would have taken Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And now C.J. Stroud is out here looking like a top 10 NFL quarterback off the rip. Leaves in trouble when it comes to C.J. Stroud. And uh, that AFC South is going to have to reckon with that as he continues to get better. He's the best young quarterback we had in the league in a while. Um, the side stuff, yeah, there are some – old-fashioned things that exist because there's a reason for them to exist. And I think that uh, to the point that we made earlier, there's a reason for protocol and sometimes it protects you. And you can defend the decisions that you make because you're like, hey, just following protocol. Get a big dude is the protocol at that position. 
And at some point it went from being considered risky to take a guy who's not that big to seeming like it made sense. And that's like Kyler Murray, um, to, uh, I guess is a, a smaller quarter, shorter, not small, but shorter quarterback. Um, who else? Baker Mayfield was mm-hmm. the number one overall pick. These are guys that came into the league and weren't bad. And I remember there was a narrative that size doesn't matter anymore. At one point, we we're saying that Drew Brees and all these guys, and then all the guys that we said, for whom size didn't matter, it seemed like it kind of matters a yeah. little bit. And you could even argue for Tua that the concussion stuff is a mm-hmm. result of uh, of him being small enough that he can get ragdolled to the turf in such a way. So it's like when we talk about basketball players, if I got two guys that are do the same thing and one is two inches taller, that's two inches closer to the goal. Yep. And look, I'm not saying that the only reason C.J. Stroud has been better so far this year than Bryce Young is that C.J. Stroud is bigger than him. But I am saying I bet the Panthers wish they had taken C.J. Stroud. That's all. Like, like I, I bet that's the guy they wish they had. Because look, it ain't like C.J. Stroud got drafted. Like It ain't like Dan Marino who got drafted to go play for a team that went to the Super Bowl the year before. That's not what's happening here, right? This dude is playing for a team that we thought was so bad that when they traded that first round pick to get Will Anderson, we like, damn, that's a top five pick. That ain't no top five pick. Mm-mm. Yeah, they, we, the, the Panthers traded up to get CJ, I mean, to, to get Bryce Young. And I remember before the draft, I was thinking, oh, Bryce Young is going to be entering the best situation that, any rookie quarterback has entered in a long time because we saw the names on that coaching staff, including Caldwell. We see uh, the record of that team the year before. The offensive line had figured out how to run the ball last year. It's like, man, it's a great situation. All they need is a receiver. They traded one away, but all they need, they had to trade one away to get this pick. All they need is a receiver. They'll be good to go. And it looked like they need a whole hell of a lot more. And down in Houston, it don't look like they need much more. Them nah. receivers look good. Them receivers, them receivers in Carolina like they <laughs> Adam Thielen man that's they that's they a one so I see the people that put that all 22 up with the where is he supposed to throw it where is he supposed yeah. to throw it there is he supposed to throw it and the answer is away he's supposed to throw it away <laughs> like I, I have no way to truly measure Bryce Young like I would be clear about that he's in a bad situation but I feel confident at this point that Stroud was the guy Adam Thielen at his peak was not an A1 receiver. When he was young in his prime, they went and got Stephon Dix, who was an A1 receiver. They have Adam Thielen as the one who they are force-feeding right now. And so I'm not saying Bryce Young ain't struggling too, but they ain't giving that man many options. No, no. And that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show, available wherever you get your podcast. My man, I appreciate you. Thanks, brother. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining he, joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Sean, you handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, check out our voicemail line, 323-596-7767. Oldie but goodie time. Tell us about why you had to quit football. 323-596-7767. That is our telephone number. Remember, Follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And subscribe. Like. It matters, guys. It really does. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Take it easy. 